All right. Anybody been angry? Okay, last week we started this new series called Apps for Life. And last week we talked, um, we introduced it and we talked about jealousy a little bit, right? You remember that? Um, so we talked a little bit about jealousy. And, um, and, you know, there's a lot of anger out there. Hold on a second. I'm doing something. I want, do you guys know what this is? What is that? Angry Birds. You ever played this game? Who's ever played this game? Anybody? You know, I, I, I kind of mentioned last week, Angry Birds, um, that in May last year, they hit one billion downloads. One billion. That's not to mention all the stuff that they came out with, with like the stuffed animals. And uh, my, my kids and um, for Christmas got me a pair of uh, sleep pants with Angry Birds and got me little red bird slippers. And Judah is addicted to it. He has them all the other day. He stacked them up. He's got one this big, and they go all the way up till they're about this big. And I mean, Angry Birds, everything. He's addicted. And I've spent lots of money on Angry Birds, you know, because um, it's just, it's something. He, this little game, you know, this little tiny game that has gotten there, Angry Birds. But, you know, Angry Birds is not the only angry thing on um, iTunes um, or whatever, wherever you get your apps, if you're an Android or somebody else. There's Angry Bulls. Anybody ever played Angry Bulls? No, not as popular, but Angry, Bur- angry Bulls, they chase you. They run after you and they're angry. That's why they call them Angry Bulls, right? Um, there is another one, Angry Zombies. For those of you who are getting ready for The Walking Dead, you can download Angry Zombies. And you can go ahead and I think they just want to eat you or bite on your brains or something. I don't know. Um, but Angry Zombies. Um, there is another one that I didn't put up here, Angry Squirrels. Because we've all run into Angry Squirrels before, right? Um, angry Bunny Run. Anybody played Angry Bunny Run? Me neither, but it's there. Um, and this one. Hell Hath No Fury as Angry Granny. Right? Angry Granny is, is a game. And she's coming at you with a hammer. Watch out, you know. Um, angry Granny. Um, then, I guess, around Christmas time, this is something that's very good. Angry Santa Claus. And if I had to have all those kids sit on my lap, I'd be an angry Santa Claus too, right? I don't know where he throws packages at you or what. I'm not sure. And then to, to bring it full circle, angry gophers. Those of you who are Caddyshack fans, here we go. Um, but what I find out is there is a lot of anger in the app world. There's plenty of other angry. They even have angry zombies too. If angry zombies won, wasn't good enough for you. So there are so many, and there's billions. I mean, now they have Angry Birds Star Wars. And see, and I, I even put this on because this was given to me. See, here we go. Angry Birds Star Wars. I'm going to wear my Angry Birds Star Wars shirt today to be angry. Um, and there's a lot of anger in the app world. Am I right? I just share with you. But there is also a lot of anger, a lot more anger in our world today. A lot more ang- anger. Can you remember the last time you were angry? Can you? I mean, really, really angry. You know, I got to tell you, one of the things, I'm going to share with you some, I'm going to be pretty transparent about anger today, and I'm going to share with you some of those things that, that I've dealt with in my own nature. And there's a lot of things in, in the life's journey that I think I have pretty good, and anger is one of those ones I struggle with. Okay, anybody in the boat with me? Or are you just leaving me out here floating? Okay, it's okay, because it's cathartic for me, and I'll share. So, um, but 
there's a lot of anger, and, I, and you know, I, I'm, I'm frustrated a lot of times with my anger. If we look at this verse right here from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, and by the way, since we're talking about apps, if you have a smartphone, there's an app that's a QR code scanner. You can see those in the bulletin. The one inside the bulletin will take you to our Facebook page. Don't connect to the Cecil County Public Schools. They won't let you on Facebook. Um, but if you're regularly connected, just go ahead, spot it, click it, and you can type something on Facebook if you want. One on the back takes you to our website, so you can go ahead and, and have that as well. And if you're visiting uh, as well, we have a nursery in the back, and we have our Shoreline Sunday School Ministry over here. We'd love for you to participate, and, um, and we know that the kids will have a great time. So, but you can pull out that app, you can download it, and you can go ahead and just click, and we can go from here. Um, But one of the things that we look, look at this verse from Scripture, what it says. In your anger, do not sin. What does that mean? Sin is that term that just means miss the mark of what God intended for us. And I I was trying to think, you know, because we all like to pull this out when we're really angry. We like to say, well, you know, Jesus got angry. It was justifiable. Anybody ever done that one? It was justifiable. And... I tried to think of a moment in, my, in like the last year that I was angry, and it was because I was angry because God was wronged. And I didn't come up with many, honestly. I found out that the most time I get angry, it's because something's up with me, and somebody ticked me off, right? So um, we're going we're gonna to look through this. And just like last week, look what else it says. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. We're going to unpack this in a little bit. The other part here is... Um, don't let the sun go down when you're still angry. But what I really want to talk about is just like last week when we talked the symptoms of jealousy, I want to talk of symptoms about symptoms of an angry person. Now, many of us may say, I certainly don't need symptoms of an angry person. I know those angry people. But what I really want you to do, just like last week when I said during this sermon, don't be sitting there going, oh, I wish so-and-so was here. Oh, man, uh, too, bad, too bad my wife or her husband's getting ready for the Ravens game because they really need to hear this sermon. You know, I, don't, I want you to apply it, these things to yourself to say, are, am I an angry person? Okay? Now, naturally those names will come up in your head. But I want you to really embrace asking yourself because we're talking about applications and you can't, as much as we try, you can't apply things to other people and make it work. Am I right? But we can apply them to our own lives and go ahead and, and make steps of that. So let's look here. Um, Symptoms of an angry person. Um, So we're going to ask this about ourselves. Angry people overreact. Angry people overreact. Do you agree with me? How many of you have ever overreacted in anger? Oh, man, I have too. And and when we look at these things, uh, there are several types of overreactors. And the first one I want to talk about is the toxic waste overreaction. You know what? Everybody know what toxic waste is? You know, we don't hear hear that as much anymore. But people used to put toxic waste in barrels. They dig a big hole and they bury it. And it, it was forgotten about and it went on until something happened and it began to seep out over the sides and infect the ground and area around us. Am I right? Some of us have this toxic 
um, waste kind of deal, that something happens to us, we bury it, we, th- we think we've got it buried and gone, but then it begins to seep into our relationships as we grow on. This may be years or weeks or months or decades that we have this situation, but when it begins to seep out, we're angry and we don't know why. We have no clue why we're angry, but we're just angry. There's also the next one is um, probably one of the ones I resemble the best is the volcano. Who's a volcano in here? You know what volcanoes do? Rumble. Rumble. Anybody ever seen that movie Dante's Peak? It's been on like Encore or something and I watch it. It's a horrible made movie, but it's, I watch it anyway. And, and it starts rumbling, rumble, rumble, rumble. Oh, that's just a little rumble. Rumble, rumble, rumble. Rumble. Boom! And it sprays ash and volcanic anger over everyone. And you leave this wake of people who are singed and burnt. Or like in Pompeii, they just freeze for the rest of eternity, right? The volcano. We have that, that realm too. Explode all over everybody. Or some of you drive the volcano crazy if you were this. The ice storm. You know what the ice storm is? Where somebody is so angry and you say, are you okay? Yep. Are you sure nothing's wrong? Nope. Everything's good. Fine. Yep. Good. Yep. I'm fine. What's, did I do something? Nope. The ice storm. Doesn't that drive you insane? Okay. Um, so we have that one. You just ice people out. Completely. Um, and the other one that's, that, you know, these you can read right away is the microwave. Or the zero to 60 in two seconds. And you go, ah! You know, like that. And you get really angry. Bam! You just explode. You know, it could be going on. You're like, oh, watch that game. Okay. No, are you kidding me? You know. Right? Bam! Like, whoa! We have those. And you know, when we look at these, when I was going through these, because the microwave is quick to anger, and everybody in the world knows about it. And when I was looking at these, the toxic waste, the volcano, the ice storm, the microwave, I got to tell you, I'm really good at all these, and that's not something to be proud of. It's not. I am great at it. I am fantastic at it. The, um, the other week, we were packing away for, for Christmas. I had stuff packed up and just kind of threw it on our dining room and told the kids to stay out of there. Stay out of there. Problem number one, okay? Expecting your children to listen to absolutely every word you said. Um, and, and when my, grand, my mom had made this ceramic Christmas tree. See where I'm going with it? Um, for my grandmother years ago. And it was my grandmother's. And after she died, I wanted that and I've had it. And every year it's been out. And I'm in my room, and I'm doing work, sitting in my chair and typing. And, and all of a sudden, I heard this, bam, 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 bam. And when you hear that noise in my house, nothing good follows that. And when I find out what it is, nothing good follows that either. I walk in, there's Jacob, my 14-year-old, standing like this in the dark in the dining room with this Christmas tree shattered on the ground. Oh, yeah. And a combination of the microwave and volcano hit at once. It was a perfect storm. What are you doing? 
Ah, what are you doing? Ah. And he's like, ah, you know. I left Wake. I did it all. And then like the next hour or so, I was the ice storm. You know. And then I'm texting my wife at work. Your son is, you know. I'm gonna choke him if you don't. You know. You know. We're going through this. Get away from me! Just go upstairs. And I leave the pieces around for weeks so he can see. And, I get, and if he does anything out of the world, I go, hmm. Hmm. My dead grandmother's tree. Right? We do that, don't we? And I'd love to have a video of how stupid I looked. Because when we get angry, remember what the scripture said before? When in your anger, do not sin. Sin is missing the mark of what God intended. And when I'm like, "Ah!" I'm completely missing the mark of what God has intended for my life. And so, as we look some more into this today, the first thing is, angry people overreact. That's just number one. Number two, angry people, an angry person creates an environment of fear. An angry person creates an environment of fear. They have those buttons that people are afraid to push. But the problem is, when, you, when, when they push the buttons, they explode. But the problem is, the buttons always change. You realize that? They always change. So you don't know, do I do this today? My, God bless her, I, I love her dear, loved her dearly, but my paternal grandmother was one of these people. That if... One day you would go in and you'd say something and she'd say, she'd laugh and cackle. The next day she'd say, I wouldn't take Jesus to see that. And it was something that two days later she was laughing about and sharing, you know. Or like we, we, Jill and I had to tell our boyfriends and girlfriends, do not call her dog when sat down. Because one time Jill's boyfriend called the dog when she told her sat down. She screamed at him, didn't she? So you didn't know what to do with her. So my dad would always go in and just do something to get her explode, and everything was great, you know, and everybody laughed. But do you know those people in your life? You may be those people in somebody else's life. You start going, okay. You know, you're not quite sure what to do. I remember one time at a, at a previous church, I was at a praise team, and this one member and walks through the door, and as she opened the door and walked through, you could feel, ugh. And you knew that it was just going to get to you. And we're standing there, and we were on the stage, and we're standing there, and we're practicing, practicing to worship God. And as we're doing this, I could see that while we were doing things, this person was over there going, I said, so being who I am, I said, stop, what's up? Nothing. No, 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 no. No, when you came in the door, we all felt it. What is it? And so uh, I don't even remember what happened after that. But you know those people, they just come in and you don't know what button. And you might not, have, who knows. But we have these kind of things. And some of us may be that way. We don't know. It always changes. The third thing that um, an angry person does, creates an environment where what's right is defined by what pleases the angry person, not by what is right. You may be in a workplace where you have an angry boss. Wouldn't that be a great game? 
angry bosses. They just like throw paychecks at people or something. I don't know. Um, or, or pink slips or I don't know. You know. Um, but in the workplace, some people I have known who have had angry bosses that they meet together and they meet to say, we've got to make sure we have this right or they're going to flip out and I don't know what they're going to do. And, and there's this fear of going into this boss because it's not about what's going to be the best situation. It's about what's going to keep them even keeled so they aren't going to scream. And then you draw straws and whoever gets the shortest one is the one who's got to break it to them, right? And you don't know what you're going through. Or worse, it may be in your own home where you have a spouse who what's right is not what's right, but it's right by what's determined about what makes them feel good at that moment. Or it may be a child. I can't tell you how many people, parents I've seen that stop parenting and start framing a network around the child so that they don't have them go off and don't teach them what's right or wrong. But we can't have them go. Why not? Who's the parent? Okay? And so we have this whole kind of situation that exists day in and day out. Now, right now, I know that you have in your mind all these people in your mind that need to be here for this sermon. I know that. But again, I want to bring it back to you. And I, before you go into all those people, I want you to ask, I want you to ask yourself this question. Are you angry? Are you angry? And in order to do that, let's look at what the Bible says about anger. We shared this first verse right here from Ephesians chapter 4, where it says this. Um, Ephesians chapter 4. In your anger, do not sin. Do not miss God's mark. Do not let the sun go down while you're angry. How many of you ever gotten really angry and said, I'm just going to sleep on it? Did you know you're in direct violation to God's word when you sleep when you're angry? And you know why that's a problem? I share that with everybody I marriage counsel. You know why? Because when anybody ever been angry with someone and you go to bed and then you get up and you go, you know, when you get up in the hustle and bustle in the morning, you're not concerned about that. You're concerned from getting to point A to point B. And then guess what? Somebody else is going to do something that's going to make you angry. You're going to be too tired to deal with it later. And it's going to build. It's going to build. It's going to build. And guess what? The volcano or the toxic waste is going to occur eventually. And you're just going to keep it there because you don't deal with it. God knows that anger is like a cancer that just builds in us. Builds in us. And guess what? When the next argument comes about, we're going to pull that one out and it's going to explode everywhere. He said, don't go to to sleep on your anger. Make this a part of your life that if I, I can guarantee your arguments will be done very quickly. If you make a choice, I'm not going to go to bed before we have this resolved. Because one of two things is going to happen. You're going to realize, I'm tired. I don't want to argue anymore. I give up. Let's just equal it out. Or you're going to say, wait, I need to make sure this is right because this is what God wants me to do. So just apply that to your life. The next thing, that it basically tells us don't sleep on our anger. Listen to what it says here in verse 29 through 30. Do not let any, any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Oh, that hurts, doesn't it? But only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs. How many of you this week would say 99% of what you said helped build somebody up? How many of you would say 50% of what you said helped build somebody up? Are we playing card sharks? How about 5%? You know what I mean? Um, When we look at that, let's look what else it says. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit whom you were sealed with for the day of redemption. Now, what do we do then? 
listen to what it says. It's printed in your bulletin. Here's what the Bible says about anger in Ephesians 4.31. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander along with every kind of malice. Look at what Paul says here. He says, get rid of it. Thanks, Paul. That's really good. Just, I had a friend of mine who I used to tell him, he used to counsel people and say, suck it up. I said, that really does good, you know. But get rid of it. Okay, I'll, I'll just get rid of my anger. Oh, get rid of it. Listen to what he says. He says, get rid of your rage, your temper, your anger, your brawling. We all brawl all the time, right? We're always ready to scrap. Um, your slander. And he gets, kind of gets tired and says, every form of malice. Just everything that's bad. Just get rid of it. And as I look at this, I say, wait a second, Paul. You don't know my story. You don't know my story. Now, come here, Paul. Let me talk to you. And if I start to tell you why I'm angry, you're going to end up saying, okay, everybody get rid of that stuff but Jack Cohen because you have a right to be angry. Isn't that what I say? Because just getting rid of it doesn't make sense to me. It's, It's not easy to get rid of it. Or somebody may say, you know what, Paul, I'd love to get rid of it. But how? How do I get rid of it? Well, there's good news. And guess what the good news is? Here it is. You've got to tell me with it. Ready? Here we go. That There's what? There's an app for that. The Bible's full of apps. And here's the app for this. The app for this is found just the next verse up, if you'll look at this. The next verse, printed in your bulletin. Ephesians 32a, A, it's this. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Wait a second. So if we see when we take this app, what it does, it causes us to do a couple things. Number one, it causes us to be kind and compassionate. Because when we are kind and compassionate, it allows us to forgive. Have you ever been wronged by somebody? Anybody been wronged by somebody that made you angry? How many of you applied kindness and compassion to that person? Because when you do, it allows for the app uh, called I Forgive. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. I'm going to tell you something. You all know this. We all know this. But we just don't want to do it. We don't want to get that app. We don't want to apply that I forgive app. Remember, though, apps are short for what? Applications. And last week I said application means everything. Knowing about it doesn't matter a hill of beans. Applying it to your life makes all the difference. So what we've got to do is look at how we apply I forgiveness. But in order to do that, before we do that, since we don't want to, and I'm going to tell you, you don't have to. Well, why am I here, Jack? Because you don't have to, but I'm going to be, I told you I was going to be honest. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to your life if you don't apply it. And here's what's going to happen. Number one, if you don't apply this app, if the app is not applied, the first thing is you, your life will grow increasingly more miserable because you will carry these things with you more and more and more. And you will grow increasingly more miserable in your own anger. That's the first thing. The next thing is this. Fewer and fewer people will want to be around you. Fewer and fewer people will want to be around you. 
if you don't apply forgiveness and if you hold on to your anger. And number three, this is a big one. If you are not willing to forgive others, God will not forgive you. Now you, you say to me, wait a second, Jack, is, are you like, like taking, doing one of those things like you take the whole Bible and you just kind of like say, and here's the message I get. No, I'm not. I want, to tell, I want you to go, um, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me or you can see it up here. Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 through 15. This is after the big one, the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, the, the, the big stuff. Jesus' big sermon. And as he's sitting here, this is what he says. This is after the Lord's Prayer. He teaches them how to pray. And he says this. For if, this is from Jesus' mouth, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But, but, if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not Forgive your sins. That's heavy. You know, because I like to know, I like, the, I like the Jesus that no matter what I do, just as I am, I just forgive me. But I don't like the conditional application that I've got to forgive that other sucker in my life. I don't like the fact that that person who stabbed me in the back, that person that talks about me, that person that treats me like dirt, that, that, that person that, that beat me and abused me, I, that I have to reach to a point of forgiveness? Wait a second. Paul, you don't know my story, and God, you do, and this is even worse. But that's what the Scripture says. I, I find it amazing that Jesus, in his most painful time, said, Father, forgive them. He not only told us to do it, but he applied it in his own existence. God, Father, forgive them. Because they're clueless. And if he can do that, then he's, telling, he's not only telling me, forgive others. He's, it's not a nice little cute statement. It's saying, you better do what I do if you want the forgiveness for my father. That's heavy. That is so heavy and weighty, it seems. Because I like to carry around my anger. I like to carry around my frustration at times. And, you know, I realize in my life that I have a lot of unforgiveness that brings about anger in my life. And sometimes I feel good to just let it go. But I've read, I, I read again this week where, where it talks about that it creates more muscles to frown than to smile. You know? We give more energy getting angry than we do being joyous. And as we look at this some more, we got to embrace Matthew chapter 6 verse 14 and apply that to our lives. So, okay, all right. All right, Jack. All right, I'm hearing this. I'm not liking it too much, but I'm hearing it. So how do I apply this app to my life then? How, how do I really reach to that point of forgiveness? I can't just get rid of it like Paul said. That's, that's too easy, and it makes it too hard. You know, that's one of the economies. Some of the things that are easiest to do in life are also the things that are hardest to do. And so let's look at this. How do I apply this app to my life? A couple things. Number one, I need to figure out or identify who you are angry with. This goes back. This requires digging. Anybody like digging? We got to dig up the toxic waste. You know, when they find toxic waste, what do they do? They dig it up and they have to take a lot around it, all the contamination, remove it. And so we have to do that. We like stuff buried in our lives, but we have to dig it up. And when we get down there, we're like, oh, I forgot about that. And so you may have to go back through days, weeks, months. You may have to go back through years or decades and find out. That's who I'm really angry with. 
Not, not my friends, not my wife, not my children. That's not who I'm really angry. I'm really angry here. Okay? So figure, you need to figure that out. It's not easy because we have many, in many cases we have just lost sight with who we are angry with in our lives. A child may have anger because of something that was done by a parent or a care worker or something and carried that through life. They may have carried it into their, their relationships um, with their friends, with boyfriends, girlfriends. They may have carried that into their college years. Um, in the things that they did and the thing, people they were with. They may have carried that further into their marriages and, and, and had a complete brokenness there. And they have to go back and unpack it. That is not an easy process, but it's a valuable one. And so you have to identify, first of all. Then we have to go back, and you're going to like this. You're going to really like this. Those of you who like to hold on to anger, because I do, figure out or identify what they owe me. Because when we get to the heart of the matter of anger, it's because somebody owes us something. We were wrong, and somebody owes me something. Even if it's just, I'm sorry. Or if it's a, a, a broken marriage that, that you were hurt and destroyed by, that you can say to them, you need to apologize to me for that. You ruined my happily ever after. You know? Or if it's somebody that you gave up the world for a job and you went with them and they fired you after a week because they didn't have money or whatever else you got to say you owe me something what is it you owe me what is this debt that you owe me i need to define that debt in other words somebody took something from you that's why we get angry doesn't it if i went and stole all your money would you be angry with me if not, give me your bank accounts, and I'll go right now. So, um, but if, if, I, if, I, if you were happy and having a joyous day, and I went over and just slapped you in the face, would you be angry? If not, I can try it. You know what I mean? We get angry because something was taken from us. That's the heart of anger. We, that's how we get angry. I look at people, when people are angry with God, the thing that people are most angry about with God, they assume that God owes them something. And that God took something away from them. Every case I've ever seen. People are angry at God. Well, he's supposed to and he didn't. And I go back to Job. Because that's kind of what Job was saying. And God said, who the heck are you? Okay? So we have that. So figure out and identify. That's fun, isn't it? For some of you, it may be somebody stole your innocence. And taught you about the real world. You remember your first heartbreak? Don't you hate that person? Think about it. Come on, don't you? The person you loved and you thought it was going to be like uh, happily ever after, Cinderella, without the glass slippers and the pumpkin, right? You know, we think that. And then when somebody steals that from us, we're crushed. And I guarantee you, if I ask you to right now write down the person who broke your heart first, you guys will have their name, rank, serial number, social security number, won't you? Yeah, ex- address, Facebook, you know. Okay, so we have this, this kind of stuff. Um, and here, so, so we identify who we're angry with. We can do that. It's kind of painful at times. But what they owe us, we get excited about that. But here you go. Here's the heart of the matter. Then you must, number three, decide to cancel the debt. Whoa, stop, I don't like that. Decide to cancel the debt. Your case may be justified. And to just forgive the debt that's owed to you, 
may not be fair. But forgiveness does not equal fairness. One of, one of the top pastors in the country, many of you may remember his father. His father's Charles Stanley. This is Andy Stanley. He's a great pastor. And Andy Stanley says this. He says, not fair. He said, getting rid of anger bypasses the issue of fairness. Getting rid of anger. I, printed, I think I printed that in your, at the bottom of your bulletin. Getting rid of anger bypasses the issue of fairness. I'm going to tell you, if you want to forgive, and if you want to get rid of anger, it's not going to be fair to you. It's just not. It's just not going to be fair. But in order to receive God's forgiveness, we, we need to give up our own fairness. Uh, and then, as we look at this, why do we need to do that? Let's look at the second part of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. It said, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. And here's the big one. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. We forgive because we are forgiven. Matter of fact, look at this statement that's up here as I wind down today and as the praise team comes forward. Forgiven people forgive people. Have you ever had a debt that you've owed somebody in your life and they just say, forget about it? You know, even if it's like a couple bucks that somebody borrowed from you, or you borrowed from somebody and you just say, oh, here, I need to pay you. And they say, don't worry about it. It's good. Doesn't it just kind of feel good? There's a story in the scripture about a man who owned, owed a lot of money. And he threw himself on the mercy of the court. And the judge just says, you know what? I'm going to forgive you, your debt. The man leaves. He walks out. And he sees somebody who owes him just a small amount. And he says, where's my money? He says, I don't have it. He says, take this sucker, throw him in jail, throw him in prison. And the judge hears about it. The judge calls the man back in and says, What's your problem? You had this incredible wealth that you owed back to me. You wronged me, and I forgave that. And this person owed just a little bit. And you said, throw him in jail. And he called him very wicked. When we get to the heart of the matter of anger, it's about forgiveness and unforgiveness. And as I read the Scripture and as I understand God... Jesus paid an ultimate price that was not fair for me and that, might I add to this, because of me. And he wasn't only saying to the people there at the bottom of the cross, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. He was looking thousands of years in the future and seeing Jack screw up, seeing him yell and scream at his kid because of an accident where they knocked over a Christmas tree. And see me lose all sense of godliness and mental capacity to scream and yell like an absolute imbecile. And when God wanted me to say immediately to him, wanted me to look at that. And as I look at that shattered tree, I say, my gosh, my gosh, wait a second here. Because of my sin in my life, it put Christ on a tree that was bloody and shattered and, and his body was shattered because of me. And how can I not forgive my son and other people who have wronged me in my life? What do I get owed when I owe Christ everything? 
And if I owe him everything, then I must, and he forgives me from that, then I must in turn forgive everything as well. Because forgiven people forgive people. That is so hard, isn't it? I know there are situations here that you're going through your mind and you say, Jack, you don't know my story. Paul doesn't know my story. But as I started to think about it, Paul really does know my story. Paul knows that I am a mess and a sinner saved by grace, undeserved favor through Christ. And as, the scripture, as I read, Paul says, I am the worst of all sinners. And if he truly believed that, by being the worst of all sinners, that means he is the most forgiven. And if he's the most forgiven, then he can say, Jack, whatever your story is, it doesn't compare to mine. You've been killing any Christians lately? I did. You've been talking bad about Jesus? I did. He, but he was forgiven. And as he sits in a prison, he says, forgive one another. I know you've got issues. I know you all. You definitely have issues. <laughs> and you know me. You know I have issues. But more importantly, I have a Savior who loves me. I have one who has overcome this world and has renewed my life. Bow with me for a prayer. Jesus, you came. And it's not fair what you had to go through. You should have been so angry at me and just wiped me off the face of the earth. But you loved me and you forgave me. God, I know that in this room right now there are people who have been holding on to toxic waste anger, that there's volcanoes, that there's all these other kind of things that we talked about today. But God, I know that all of it is they just need to find out who it is and what was owed to them, and they just need to let it go. Forgive. Get rid of is actually easier than holding on to. And so God, right now in our hearts, whatever it may be, and I know, there's, I know in this room there is some deep and heavy hurt, but God, I know that you are greater than all that. And so as we use this time of prayer to focus to you, I pray that if anybody, that you'll just talk to somebody and say, hey, today's the day to let it go. Today's the day to start anew, to take this app called I Forgive and apply to your life so that they too can just receive the forgiveness from you that you've been wanting to give for a long time. You love them. And so, God, is there somebody here right now who has not forgiven themselves for all of their sins? And they may say, you know what? I am too sinful. I'm too bad of a person for Christ to love me. God, let them hear from, from my words today, which are your words, that you came, that they may have life. You came for them to forgive them and to love them. That they may just accept you as their Lord and Savior here today. And God, we thank you with prayer and thankfulness for who you are. Because in anger. There's an app for that. It's called forgiveness. Amen.